Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm, 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. The select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on a United States Capitol will be in order. Well, the outrage that is being manufactured during these fake hearings, they're, they're really not a trial. This is purely political theater. It's something you would have seen in the ex-Soviet Union. Uh, combined with a Hollywood production, they actually hired a Hollywood producer to do it, creating what the idiot Dems think a political hearing should look like. The so-called political stars... Uh, think they're making themselves look better as they introduce one side character after another in their Ringling Brothers show. The fact of the matter is, as Biden and his illegitimate Democrats continue to destroy our country, they're trying to foment hatred against Trump and Republicans in an effort to prevent what they see coming, which is a tsunami against them in the midterms and then in the presidentials. Remember this. The Dems hate Trump. They're afraid that he could easily win again. The left and the Biden administration are proving again and again that they do not have the nation's interests in their agenda. They don't even care that the economy is crashing or that people can barely afford gas. They don't care that food prices are escalating or that we have a massive inflation. This trial is only hurting them, and it's a move of desperation. Everyone sees it except their most diehard supporters. This is an attempt to try and deceive the public by making Trump and his voters into terrorists and uh, acting as though we are the greatest threat to the entire nation, but it will not work. Let me say this very clearly right at the outset. This January 6th show trial is guaranteed to elect a Republican president. Let us say that these fallacious clowns succeed in these hearings in nullifying Trump as a candidate. Let's just say they do. Well, all they did, if they do that, if they succeed, is they made it easier for Ron DeSantis, there will be no primary battle between DeSantis and Trump. This is my analysis. This is 6D chess, not checkers. And I welcome your thoughts on my analysis. But let's go into the actualities of the January 6th hearing. Do you remember the 500 BLM riots run by the media and the left wing? It lasted seven months. Seven months when the blacks and their white communist cohorts rioted, 500 of them, seven months. The January 6th insurrection or riot lasted a couple of hours. How many people were murdered during the January 6th riot? None, except one protester, a woman, was killed, an Air Force veteran, by the way, killed by a cop, one murder. How many people have been murdered by participants in the BLM riots? 
20 people were killed. How many small businesses were destroyed on January 6th? None. Hundreds were destroyed during the BLM riots. How much damage was done during the January 6th riot? About $1.5 million to the state, the nation's capital. How much damage was done by BLM and Antifa during their seven months of rioting? One to two billion dollars across the country. How many officers were assaulted? About 140 officers were assaulted during the January 6th riot. How many were assaulted during the BLM riots? 2,037. What happened to the rioters uh, during the BLM riots? They were all bailed out by their friends in the courts and the media. What happened to the rioters on January 6th? They kept in solitary confinement. They were not given a writ of habeas corpus. We, were, we had become and descended into a third world nation under Nancy Pelosi. Who encouraged the BLM riots? The media and left-wing politicians. Who encouraged the January 6th riot? We believe fringe political groups and agitators conspired to cause this riot. What happened after these 500 BLM riots? It was downplayed by the vermin in the media. What happened with the January 6th one-day riot? Exaggerated by Wolf Blitzer and the other cohorts on the left. My friends, today we're going to talk about the January 6th mass hysteria. We begin with an overview. We then move into a discussion of mass hysteria. I then discuss cultural Marxism, which is very real. It's not a myth. I then ask, is Russia our enemy or is it more mass hysteria? Well, I'll let you decide because I think it's more mass hysteria. No, Russia is not our enemy. There's much more to it than that. And then we go into, first, they knock down statues, and then they knock you down. And finally, I replay a piece from my Newsmax TV show entitled, Hatred is in the Air. I hope you enjoy this because I give it my all. I'm Michael Savage. Patronize my sponsors and share this with five friends. Thank you very much. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Today I want to continue what I began in my last podcast. It, it continues, really. In my last podcast, I derived most of the podcasts from a previous book of mine. And I don't have to refer to the book to tell you what it was about. The fact of the matter is, it was about America today. And America today is frightening. I wrote a book years ago called The Enemy Within. And the podcast last week was called The Enemy is in the House. It's been very, very popular. And I talked about how hatred has gone mainstream as evidenced by the January 6th hearings, which to me are one of the darkest days in American political history. It's a complete nut job case. This follows, by the way, after protests outside a Supreme Court justice's house and his life was threatened. And the nut job Pelosi says that Supreme Court justices don't need further protection, that they are protected. You said the justices are protected, but there was an attempt on Justice Kavanaugh's life. It's protected. The justices are protected. This issue is not about the justices. It's about about staff and and the rest. The justices are protected. You saw the Attorney General even double down on that. But this is about security for the justices. An armed man showed up near Justice Kavanaugh's house to try to... We're working together on the bill that the Senate will be able to approve of because that's what 
we can pass whatever we want here. We want it to be able to pass the Senate. So I don't know what you're talking about because evidently you haven't seen what the debate is. And not debate, but what the language is. There will be a bill, but nobody is in danger over the weekend because of our not having a bill. This is even after a nutcase followed the lead of Nancy Pelosi and attempted to attack one of our justices. You understand that? Now, there's another book I want to talk about today because it's very relevant, and it's not to sell you a book, although you're welcome to buy it. I don't make any more royalties from these books. They may not even be available. I wrote a book years ago. Gee, it was so long ago. It was 2018. It's like, well, how long ago was that? Stop mass hysteria. America's insanity from the Salem witch trials to the Trump witch hunt. We can now say the January 6th witch hunt and add that to the picture, right? It's interesting I dedicated that book as follows, just in case you missed it. This book is dedicated to the men and women of law enforcement who are on the front lines protecting the rest of us from the violent, radical, left-wing street criminals whose goal is to tear our society into pieces. Truer words have not been spoken. And we have reached a new mass inflection point of hysteria. I've said it before and I'll say it again. In the opening of mass hysteria, I talked about hatred is in the air, where we're living in an age of hate fomented by Joe Biden and his gang. And I said mental pollution is worse than the air pollution. And it's used, this hatred is used as a unifying agent, a virus spread by the Biden administration and the media to unify liberals, no matter what their other differences, to bring them together, to hate all conservatives, to hate Trump, to hate all of Trump's voters. As an example of the mass hysteria that's infecting American society today, and it's going to get worse. I refer, of course, to the Antifa protests of last summer and before that, during which they burned whole sections of cities, took over whole sections of cities, published the addresses of ICE agents, and now, of course, it's led to show trials about January 6th's protests and encouraging protests at the homes of Supreme Court justices. You have to understand that the so-called hearings that are going on, these show trials, these Stalinist show trials, they have a main focus. And the main focus is to get Donald Trump saying he did not condone the violence that happened fast enough and that he instigated it. And this is coming from the party of Nancy Pelosi, who during a former graduation speech at UC Berkeley actually encouraged students to become disruptors. She told them to go out and disrupt society. Our founders were successful disruptors of the then status quo. Being called a disruptor, in my view, is a very high compliment. You here in Berkeley are already disruptors in many ways. In 1964, Mario Savio and company were disruptors of the status quo too. Think of your possibilities. Now it's all about you. She encouraged protests of Supreme Court justices. And now she has the nerve to say our justices are protected, even after a crazy person followed Pelosi's lead and attempted to attack one of our Supreme Court justices. Remember this. When Antifa, these radical leftist communist 
started a riot, it's always excused or ignored by the very same lawmakers. But when it happens from the right, which is seldom, but it does happen, they say it's a time for action and accountability. In the course of the Select Committee's work to obtain information from Mr. Eastman, we have had occasion to present evidence to a federal judge. The judge evaluated the facts, and he reached the conclusion that President Trump's efforts to pressure Vice President Pence to act illegally by refusing to count electoral votes likely violated two federal criminal statutes. And the judge also said this. If Dr. Eastman and President Trump's plan had worked, it would have permanently ended the peaceful transition of power, undermining American democracy and the Constitution. If the country does not commit to investigating and pursuing accountability for those responsible, the court fears January 6th will repeat itself. Every American should read what this federal judge has written. But I want to go back now to something else, which is the fact that we have reached a new mass hysteria inflection point. It's very important for you to understand how crowd psychology works, who invites it, who incites it, who makes the burning bush burn. We're not talking about a burning tire in a riot. We're talking about a burning bush of the mind. And that is what's going on in America right now. Now, I really don't care what channel you're watching. I don't care whether it's CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, and MSNBC. You have to understand it's all part of the same crowd psychology. They call themselves progressives or liberals, but the fact of the matter is they're rioters. They've been inciting a riot ever since you turned the TV on. What are the mechanics of mass hysteria? Well, the mechanics are very easy to follow. Just look at the media. And I can go very directly to the spark of hysteria. And we look with the likes of Sergey Brin and Larry Page of Google. That's right. They've been forgotten, but I haven't forgotten them. Because Google creates algorithms that redirect young people to sites that Google thinks they should see. Progressive sites that advance their agenda. The company that fired engineered James Damore for citing evidence that men and women have different aptitudes, not, it's a controversial, not a hateful idea, will obviously not be promoting balanced viewpoints. That's Google. And this type of thought manipulation is how you begin to move centrists to the left and leftists to pure madness. Encouraged by Google, people start turning into leftist television and film comedians and actors, many of whom have become Democratic Party jesters. When the seeds have been planted and the mind control begun, the ground is fertile to cultivate mass hysteria. And this is how supposedly objective media like the New York Times and CNN work. They're relying on, preying on the public short memory. So John Q. Stupid, for God or never learn, that the real danger is the masses' wishes, inclinations, and passions, as John Adams cautioned. The corrupt mainstream media encourages people to be afraid, fearful, afraid of Trump, afraid of Russia, afraid of right-wingers, afraid of white people, extremes of weather, be afraid of it, afraid of a virus, but they're never encouraged to fear Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi or Warren, Elizabeth Warren, or Bernie Sanders, a naked communist, 
Never be afraid of immigrant gangs being flooded into America over the border. Never be afraid of MS-13 gangs that are coming in under the guise of women and children. No, no, no. Only be afraid of the other side. These are all forces that serve the left's agenda, and they should be very afraid of them, but they're not. The blitz from Wolf and the rest causes a brutalized, frightened, susceptible public to watch television, visit websites to see the latest developments in what they've been told they should be worried about. I can give you one example after another, going all the way back in time, but I don't need to give you examples. You know about the brainwashing. You know about it very, very well. But I want to go back in history for a while and go back to the hate-mongering of Adolf Hitler. And that's right, you heard me right. The steamrolling of facts, the false narrative, the hate-mongering is precisely the technique employed by Hitler and his minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels. From Hitler's election as chancellor in January of 1933 to the anti-Jewish riot of Kristallnacht, or Night of the Broken Glass, in, the, in, in November of 1938, they raised anti-Semitic rhetoric from moderate to fanatical. Now, what does that have to do with today? Put two and two together. I will again tell you, Antifa burned whole sections of cities to the ground. Blacks and whites in Black Lives Matter, one of the greatest scandals in American history, burned whole sections of cities. To this day, are looting stores under the guise of racial equity. And we're worried about Kristallnacht and a night of broken glass. Hitler used unwarranted fear to rally Germany against the Jews. Biden uses unwarranted fear of white people to rally black people against white people. In a September 1942 speech to the Reichstag, the German parliament, Hitler generated fear when he said, repeating a promise he had made in a pre-war speech, quote, if world Jewry launches another war in order to destroy the Aryan nations of Europe, it will not be the Aryan nations that will be destroyed, but the Jews, unquote. Remember, Jews did not start World War I, not even close. Jews, Jews weren't even present in many of the tinderboxes, such as the Austria-Hungary annexation of Bosnia and Herzegovina. The Serbian group known as the Black Hand was responsible for the assassination of Austria's Archduke Ferdinand, not Jews. Hitler employed demonstrably fake news, even though he constantly decried the Lugenpress, lying press. But the words came from a voice that was trusted by many Germans during a time of great economic need and suffering, and they were accepted as fact. The words, the words, the words inflamed many otherwise rational people and created hatred against a soft target. Mass hysteria allowed the execution of six million blameless Jewish souls and nine million non-Jewish souls. To reap more latent hate, the Nazis threw gypsies and homosexuals into the mix. Unless you think history does not repeat itself, Hitler employed the same tactics that were used against the Salem witches in the 17th century. I will be talking about that hysteria later. I mention it now because in August of 1992, at a ceremony commemorating the 300th anniversary of the original War on Women, the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem was fittingly dedicated by one of the most famous survivors of the Nazi Holocaust, Nobel laureate Elie Wiesel. 
Mass hysteria, you see, casts a long shadow of cognitive dissonance, a state of mind that gives people the ability to hold conflicting views without realizing or acknowledging it. This hypocrisy was exemplified in the 1970s by lunatic liberals who were fiercely pro-abortion but ferociously against the death penalty. Follow that one. Today, these same rabid loudmouths who want to tear down a Confederate flag they find so offensive proudly wave the gay pride flag, which others find equally offensive. Uh, Many Americans find the gay pride flag more offensive than a Confederate flag. These unhinged madmen on the left also demand the removal of nativity scenes in town squares, even though they are American traditions. Yet they march to defend the religion of peace, that is Islam, in whose name our citizens and homeland has been attacked over and over since the first World Center bombing in 1973. I can give you some more history if you want. It goes way back long before that, if you count the Barbary Wars of the early 1800s, in which Muslim pirates seized American merchant ships. The aggressively liberated college girls who participate in these marches conveniently ignore that many of the nations dominated by this faith, women are shrouded, denied education, not permitted to drive, or be in the company of men who are not their husbands, and are treated like second-class citizens. I can go on, and I'll give you more if you want, but there's no need to go on and teach you more about the cognitive dissonance I'm referring to, which is the lubricant that greases the gears of mass hysteria. Mass hysteria can be triggered by a mistaken interpretation of reality, as it is in America, as it was in Nathaniel West's novel, which I'm going to refer to again. There was a novel written years ago by Nathaniel West called Day of the Locust that you should uh, try to educate yourself about. And this mass hysteria today is very, very similar to that in West's novel, The Day of the Locust. It could be opportunistic, like the looting that masqueraded as racial indignation by BLM. BLM is a gangster organization that is using racial problems in order to steal from the American public. Or it can be driven entirely by hooligans, as was the case in Paris in 1795 and Charlottesville, Virginia in August 2017 the latter incident perpetrated by Antifa barbarians financed by none other than George Soros. No matter how mob violence comes about, it's an ugly aspect of the human condition. It is generally mindless and formless, failing to distinguish between legitimate enemies and incidental victims. Now, although the word hysteria relates to a woman's anatomy, Mass hysteria is not solely a female condition, okay? And I want to repeat that. Freud once said that mass hysteria is solely a female condition. Of course, it isn't. He rooted that belief in seduction theory, which suggested repressed memories of sexual abuse were responsible for hysteria. Obviously, women would be the recipients of those unwanted attentions. But I'll give you another example to do with men. Hundreds of men in 1967 Singapore became convinced there had been an outbreak of Koro, that their penises were withdrawing into their bodies. This is a true story. They flooded hospitals seeking help. Some even tied pieces of string around their genitals so they could constantly pull their penises back out should they so recede. 
It was just an instance of mind over matter, of mass hysteria in the form of hypochondria. This reflected the research conducted at the end of the 19th century by the great French neurologist Jean-Martin Charcot, who employed hypnosis to study hysteria in both men and women. He proved that thoughts alone could result in stigmata and other physical symptoms. But at least the penis-challenged men weren't marching with penis hats. At least they weren't attacking cultural institutions. At least they weren't being manipulated by powers greater than themselves. Even the profit-minded hospitals in Singapore at the time weren't interested in starting a great Koro scare. Women and men are both susceptible to mass hysteria. Today, in pursuit of likes for their cell phone videos posted on the Internet, mass hysterics have added the terrorist tactics of fire and destruction to what were once verbal protests, sit-ins, peaceful marches, and the like. Unable to persuade the masses with their flawed arguments, the left seeks to cause fear using flamethrowers, tossing soda cans filled with concrete at cops, hurling bottles of urine, and of course, planting bombs and firing guns. The left is taking up arms despite their desire to curb the reach and power of the National Rifle Association and take our guns away. Never forget this. Mass hysteria has often changed the course of history, rarely for the better, and we are going through that right now. To understand the danger poses now, we must look back to see how mass hysteria was spawned, the damage it caused, and how it was eventually dissipated. In the past, the American system has been a masterpiece of self-policing and self-correction. After the massacre of My Lai in Vietnam in 1968, or the 1972 break-in at the Watergate Hotel and Office Complex, we did not require an outside tribunal to come in and set things right, as Germany did at the Nuremberg trials after World War II. America was able to rely on a national conscience, enlightened by a free, objective, and independent press. But unfortunately, the entire system, our system, is about to collapse. It is at risk, and the drift toward disaster may not be able to be corrected. The mass hysteria of special interests, left-wing politics, internet memes, and social media tropes must be identified as the partisan anti-American force it is. It must be called out and stopped if our republic is to survive the current form of mass hysteria. As I said to you, mass hysteria is not a new phenomenon. The left-wing obsessed universities of today were actually born in the 15th century when unpopular religious and political beliefs were often targeted. The impetus for Christopher Columbus's voyage in 1492 was in part the persecution he suffered for his religious beliefs. Did you know that? And the new world Columbus opened was equally hostile to outsiders. In 17th century New England, rival religious factions vied for power by labeling powerless, often foreign women as pawns and then executing them as witches. Then they were burned at the stake. Today, victims are destroyed in internet flame wars, destroyed on the internet. We've gone from Plymouth Rock to City Hall, and the seeds and blossoms of mass hysteria are coming to fruition. I'm Michael Savage. Pay heed, pay heed, pay heed. American insanity has gone from the Salem witch trials to the Trump witch hunt to the January 6th hunt to the hunt against all people who support borders, language, and culture. 
Pay heed, pay heed, pay heed. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. In my book, Stop the Coming Civil War, again, I'm going to refer to my own books. So what do I have to hide the fact that I wrote this book in 2014? Who should I hide it from? I mean, this book was used in part by many people in politics to frame their view of the world. In that book, I wrote this, Are We Becoming Cultural Marxists? Now, I didn't coin that phrase, cultural Marxism. It goes back over 100 years, and of course, the left says it's anti-Semitic, it's a conspiracy theory, it's being pushed by the American right. That's all rubbish. There is cultural Marxism. And I'll give you some examples and show you how it ties into mass hysteria and shows you how the show trials that are being conducted by Joe Biden's gang right now are directly related to the cultural Marxism I've been warning you about. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read you something I wrote. When I wrote, are we becoming cultural Marxists? I said this. And tell me if I'm wrong. In addition to doing everything it can to eliminate our borders, uh, hello, they've ripped our borders to shreds. What are you talking about? I continued, though. The borders are obvious to anyone that Biden and his gang of cultural Marxists have destroyed our borders. I said that the current administration is promoting the stealth takeover of our government, our education system, our popular culture, and the profession of journalism in this nation. These are all truths. I then said the advance of leftist values and policies that characterizes this takeover has weakened the moral and cultural foundation on which this country rose to become the most powerful nation on earth. Under the Biden administration, the war on culture has expanded to include the left's war on Christians, on children, on women, on white men, even on minorities who stand up for cultural values, and certainly their war on the rule of law. What most people don't understand is that this war has been going on under liberal leadership for well over a century, dating back to the Civil War. And what is the result of this century and a half of moral erosion? How about taking children as young as five years old to transvestite strip clubs? You don't think it's happening? It is happening. Today you can't turn on a TV, sit down in a movie theater if there are any left, turn on the internet, open up a newspaper without being bombarded with filth that would have gotten its creators jailed little more than a half a century ago. You heard me right. What you take for granted would have put people in jail 50 years ago. The leftist lack of principles behind the disappearance of moral and cultural decency has infiltrated our own federal government and many of our most important institutions. And this rise is what can be called cultural Marxism. In the 1960s, the slogan, make love, not war, became the rallying cry of a generation of hippies and leftist subversives who opposed the war in Vietnam. The words, make love, not war, were credited to Herbert Marcuse, a communist professor who escaped Nazi Germany in the 1930s and set up shop in America. Marcuse and other popular Marxist author, Eric Fromm, became influential leaders of the movement toward Marxism in this country. Both uh, Marcuse and Fromm were proponents of what was called polymorphous sexuality. 
That term for them represented the ultimate liberation of mankind from sexual repression and from the need to work for a living. These two characters envision a society in which American citizens would give up individual freedom to the state and become pleasure-seeking functionaries whose only value consisted in pushing the envelope of hedonism. Was I wrong? Let's look at what they've done to the military. Let's just jump cut right to what they're doing in terms of cultural Marxism to the, to the United States military, once the greatest military in the world, not so much anymore. And it goes back, most currently, to Barack Obama, the greatest subversive that we have seen in our time. This administration, and the one before him, under Obama now, spent on defense only when the money goes to embarrass the military. Did you know that Obama signed off on an appropriation to change the dress hat the Marines had been using since 1922 to make it more culturally appropriate? But let's not worry about hats for the moment and about the girly men leadership that O'Biden is using right now. The current administration's military policies include expanding the cultural Marxism that characterizes all the policies instituted under Obama, where they went right after white heterosexual Christian men. Did you know that one of Obama's pet projects was the DOD's Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute? You never knew that existed. The DEOMI was formed in 1971 to help address racial inequality in the military. And from that admirable start, it has morphed into a leftist propaganda factory promoting radical, feminist, lesbian trans issues and spreading anti-Christian directives while shredding the iconic image of our armed forces. You think I'm making this up? Here is what the DEOMI manual states. The Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute states this, and I'm quoting now. Simply put, a healthy, white, heterosexual Christian male receives many unearned advantages of social privilege, whereas a black, homosexual, atheist female in poor health receives many unearned disadvantages of social privilege. I'm quoting now. In spite of slave insurrections, civil war, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, the women's suffrage movement leading to the 19th Amendment, the civil rights movement, urban rebellions, and the contemporary feminist movement, the white males club persists, unquote. This is coming from the Department of Defense itself under Barack Obama. Think about these statements. Think about the garbage being fed to impressionable young men and women by the Biden administration today. And then recall the square-jawed soldiers that for decades on recruitment posters successfully encouraged men, and yes, even women, to join the armed services. What do you think the recruitment posters of the near future will look like, I asked, when I wrote, Stop the Coming Civil War? Well, we don't have to look any further than today. They have transsexuals on recruitment posters, pushing it as the image of the United States military. But our side still has a few heartbeats left in the military. I'm going to give you an example. Some of you might be familiar with the Navy Jack, Don't Tread on Me flag. Remember that one, Don't Tread on Me? Similar to the Gadsden flag, used by our Marines during the American Revolution, 
the Navy Jack with its snake insignia has struck fear in the hearts of our enemies on the seas. More recently, at the beginning of the war on terror, the U.S. Navy instructed its ships as a matter of code to fly the Navy Jack flag. And Navy SEALs were allowed to wear the flag as a shoulder patch, which they did in unison. It struck fear in the hearts of our enemies. A former Navy SEAL by the name of Carl Higby, by the way, he's a great guy who's a broadcaster on Newsmax TV. A former Navy SEAL by the name of Carl Higby publicized an email that a former SEAL teammate had intercepted on October 22, 2013, during the reign of terror of Obama. The email that he found came from a senior enlisted advisor stating that SEALs were no longer allowed to wear the Navy Jack Don't Tread on Me patch. I'm going to read to you what this email said. All WARCOM and Group 2-1 have pushed out the uniform policy for NW3 and any patches worn on the sleeve. Listen to this. All personnel are only authorized to wear the matching AOR American flag patch on the right shoulder. You are no longer authorized to wear the Don't Tread on Me patch. Again, the only patch authorized for wear is the American flag on the right shoulder. Please pass the word to all. Thanks, Senior Enlisted Advisor. Carl Higby responded with an op-ed piece in the Daily Caller, and he wrote this. The Obama administration and the Yes Men Top Brass have decided to wage war on our Navy's heritage, he wrote. Will the SEALs choose to defend that heritage and defy them with all the impertinence the flag slogan implies, or will they be tread upon? Unquote. As it turns out, we know of not one SEAL who removed the Don't Tread on Me patch. And the Obama administration not only blinked, it caved. A spokesperson for the Navy released a statement saying that the flag patch, once authorized only for personnel who were deployed overseas, was now also authorized for wear in the continental United States. Now, this victory to you might be very small, but the significance was very huge indeed. It showed that our side has a heartbeat and it pounds in the chests of the brave men in our fighting force. And this is where we need to start fighting back. This is where we begin, by following our military's lead and standing up for the constitutional principles on which this nation was built. Ultimately, we must all find a way to fight back that avoids a repeat of January 6th or an outright civil war. Like the military commanders who still exist, we must all stand up and fight for what is right without going over the line. I'm Michael Savage. Thank you for listening. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. I want to move on to the biggest question of the day, which is this question. Uh, is Russia really our enemy? Is Ukraine really our friend? Now, you say, well, what does this have to do with mass hysteria? Right now, there's a mass hysteria running through America. And you have to understand a few things about the history of Russia and Ukraine to know how this began. It didn't begin 100 days ago, the war. It began a long time before that. And never forget that it began, currently began, in about 2014, when Obama overthrew the Ukrainian government 
and installed a U.S. puppet in Kiev in February of 2014. By the way, right after that, Hunter Biden joined the board of Burisma in April of 2014. I don't know if you know any of this. It's important you understand that even the war between Ukraine and Russia have large elements of mass hysteria and mass hypnosis, for that matter, around it. Let me take you back a little bit for the moment, if we can, and you'll see how corrupt the Biden family really is. Now, you know, this is kind of risky for me to be doing this. I'm not alone in this. Others have done it, and I realize how dangerous it is to talk about gangsters like this. The fact of the matter is Elizabeth Warren, the screaming anti-capitalist, has a son-in-law who had a secret deal with the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. The fake capitalist, fake socialist, fake Native American, Focahontas herself, bagged millions from corporations by leveraging her position as a government consultant. Even street corner communist Bernie Sanders. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaire and billionaire. Millionaires and billionaires. Bernie Sanders had a campaign that secretly flowed tens of millions of dollars to a company linked to his corrupt wife. But the Biden family rivals the Clinton family when it comes to lining their pockets at their country's expense. Let's look at the timeline of Biden's involvement in Ukraine. Never forget the game plan for the Democrats. Their game plan is simple. Find a corrupt country that wants something from the United States, get in bed with their oligarchs, and sell them what they want. They've done it all over the world. Hunter Biden did it in Ukraine, among other places. So again, let's look again at the timeline of Biden's involvement in Ukraine. Somehow, Ukrainian gas company Burisma survived for 12 years without the help of Hunter Biden or his consulting firm, which was co-owned by John Kerry's stepson. You heard me right. And then, less than two months after the democratically elected Ukrainian president, Viktor Yanukovych, was ousted from power in 2014, February 2014, suddenly Hunter Biden is uh, made a board member of that gas company. Now, let's not forget that the coup that deposed Yanukovych had the Obama administration's fingerprints all over it. Obama and the European Union wanted Yanukovych out because he was too friendly with Russia. So Obama's State Department ran its patented regime change by protest program that worked so well in the Middle East. Of course, the Obama administration denied all this, but no one in their right mind believes them. The proof is that Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Nuland was recorded openly discussing plans for a new government in Ukraine with the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat. So Obama overthrows the Ukrainian government. Never forget John McCain went over there in 2014 and told the people to riot. The free world is with you. America is with you. I am with you. And the destiny you seek lies in Europe. Ukraine will make Europe better, and Europe will make Ukraine better. Thank you. Thank you. Obama overthrows the Ukrainian government, installs a U.S. puppet in Kiev in February 2014. Hunter Biden joins the board of Burisma in April 2014. Burisma and its founder, Mykola Zolchevsky, are the subjects then of at least 13 corruption investigations, 
including embezzling state funds, tax violations, money laundering, and licenses given to Burisma during the period where Zlozhevsky was a minister. And none of these investigations went anywhere because now the war has uh, chased them all away, covered over with the blood of the Ukrainian and Russian people. You have to understand how we have gone from law and order to raw disorder, starting most specifically with Obama and now openly with Biden. So again, I ask you, is Russia really our enemy? Of course, what they have done is plain for the world to see. It's a horrible travesty. The greatest displacement of population since World War II. Russia is not blameless. Russia has imperial ambitions. But unless you understand how the mass hysteria of the leftist media has been stoking the big lie about the innocent Ukrainians and the evil Russians bringing us to the brink of World War III, you have no idea what is actually going on. I'm Michael Savage. Think before you talk and learn before you uh, think. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. In this section of the podcast, I want to talk about first they knock down statues and you'll understand where this revolution is coming from and where it is going. We've all been forced to watch the show trial that the Democrats are running in order to cover up their crimes, misdemeanors, and failures, and of course, to neutralize Donald Trump. But before I talk about first they knock down statues, which is Marxism by any other name, let me give you a comparison. January 6th, conducted by the right wing, lasted a couple of hours. The BLM riots of which there were over 500, run by the left wing and the media, lasted seven months. January 6th lasted a couple of hours. 500 BLM riots lasted seven months. How many murders were there on the January 6th uh, riot? None. One of the attendees was killed by a cop. How many murders were conducted during BLM rioters? 20. 20 were murdered by BLM rioters. How many small businesses were destroyed on January 6th? None. How many were destroyed by Black Lives Matter? Hundreds of small businesses were destroyed by Black Lives Matter thugs. One federal building damaged on January 6th. 150 plus federal buildings damaged by the black rioters with their white cohorts. How much damage was done on January 6th? About one and a half million dollars in damage according to the government. How much damage was done by Black Lives Matter and their communist cohorts? Estimates of one to two billion dollars, billion. How many officers were assaulted on the January 6th riots? 140. How many officers were assaulted by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the other left-wing communists? 2,037. What happened to the BLM rioters? Nothing. They were all bailed out. What happened to the January 6th rioters and protesters? They were locked in solitary confinement like in a third world dungeon. Who encouraged the BLM riots? Media and Nancy Pelosi and her ilk. Who encouraged the January 6th riots? 
fringe political groups and agitators. What did the media do about the 500-plus BLM riots? Downplayed, buried them, made believe they didn't happen, called them peaceful protests. What happened with the January 6th one-day riot, exaggerated by the vermin in the media? Those are the differences, and that's why I want to talk about, first, they knocked down statues. Black Lives Matter is a well-known Marxist front group, even admitted to by its founders. They said so. They are just one of the many of the snakes that have undermined this nation and threatened to turn us into Venezuela or even worse. Now, I want to be very clear. What began as a legitimate protest against the murder of a single black man by a deranged homicidal officer, this poor black man, I know his history, but he was shackled on the ground and crying for his mother, and he was smothered to death by this deranged cop. The cop went to prison for life. Whereas on the other side of the aisle, we're still suffering from the death of this one black man. In one of my earlier books, Scorched Earth, I listed all the left-wing groups that are complicit in this long march towards Marxism, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it. They're all on the same arc. Antifa is the military wing of this long list of supposedly peaceful progressive organizations. But they include Media Matters, the ACLU, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and a host of other subversive groups bent on destroying America as a land of freedom and opportunity and replacing it with their radical socialist vision. I want to go back to the French Revolution for a moment because you're not understanding the picture as big, you're not understanding the big picture as I think you should. Every tactic that we are witnessing today has been used previously by communist revolutions, and they all got their inspiration from the bloody French Revolution. Remember when they were destroying statues and other historical landmarks, the BLM folks, Antifa, and other left-wing groups from Columbus to Washington? Remember that? Well, the French revolutionaries sought to erase all French history prior to their actual bloody revolution. They instituted a new calendar and proclaimed the year 1792, year one. Did you know the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia similarly designated 1975 to be year zero? Well, that was part of the inspiration for my previous New York Times bestselling book, Government Zero. Did you know that during the early years of the Russian Bolshevik Revolution, statues of the Romanovs were destroyed, which was followed by the assassination of the Romanovs themselves? Never forget that those who would pull down statues will eventually pull down the people too. I hope that the leaders of Google, Twitter, Facebook, and the other giant social media sites get the message. I hope they understand that they will be pulled down just as well because the playbook never changes for these enemies of civilization. First, they erase the past, and then it's eat the rich, meaning seize all their property, killing anyone who resists. Then it's absolute rule by a few wealthy party elites, and then subjugation, poverty, and slavery for everyone else. Do you think it can't happen here? Look around. It is happening here right before our eyes. Now, before I conclude this particular segment of today's podcast, I want to go back to something I said earlier. The January 6th show trial that you are watching, 
is actually going to have the reverse effect that the Democrats hope uh, for them to have. These trials are guaranteed to elect a Republican president. Why? Let us say these fallacious clowns succeed in nullifying Trump by saying he caused the riots by, by instigating it or not stopping them in time, which is false. But let's say they succeed in that. Well, they just made it easier for Ron DeSantis because there will be no primary battle between DeSantis and Trump. And so DeSantis will coast to victory because nobody is going to elect these failures on the Democrat side for the next many, many years. So again, before we conclude, we have to understand that this knee-jerk progressivism is a form of mass hysteria that is leading us to a disastrous end in this nation unless enough of us awaken to what is actually going on. The hysteria that we're watching about the January 6th hearings, I just put it in context compared to the BLM riots, right? And so, my loyal friends, listen to me. The entire system, our system, is now at risk, and this drift towards total disaster must be corrected. The mass hysteria of special interests, political control, meaning political correctness or progressivism, internet memes, and social media tropes must be identified as the partisan anti-American force it is. It must be called out and stopped if our republic is to survive. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Joining me now is the host of the Michael Savage podcast, the author of Our Fight for America, The War Continues, Dr. Michael Savage. Dr. Savage, great to have you with us as always on The Count. So uh, this group called Ruth Sent Us, that definitely wasn't sent by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they're organizing protests at Supreme Court uh, justices' residences, and they're now honoring this legacy as they see it of Justice Ginsburg. What do you think of that? We know that she was a a left-leaning judge, but it doesn't seem like she would have condoned the madness outside of homes and also threats on one of her colleagues' life. Well, I I can't speak for her. She was a terrible human being. I don't know how they have deified this woman. She never should have been appointed to the Supreme Court. We're going back to RBG. Remember, she had been the chief counsel for the radical left communist ACLU. That would be like taking a lawyer for the Ku Klux Klan and nominating that lawyer to the Supreme Court and then having that Ku Klux Klan chief lawyer put on the Supreme Court in a vote of 96 to 4. The Republicans bent over backwards for Ginsburg. She was a lifetime Stalinist. uh, And I have nothing but horrible things to say about her. She was a demon. So I wouldn't be surprised at what is going on today. It's a continuation of the hatred that has been unleashed by the Biden gang. We are, Logan, living in an age of pure hatred right now in which the mental pollution that is being disseminated by the Biden gang is worse than any air pollution I've ever seen. The most accessible, and I'm reading from a book I wrote a few years ago, the opening, Stop Mass Hysteria. We're watching mass hysteria, Logan, aren't we? Uh, This hatred that is being disseminated by Biden and Pelosi is very clear. It's made for one reason only. It's to unify the broken left and forcing the average person to forget 
the horrors of what Biden has and is doing to this nation. Look at what they did. I don't know if you want to segue to what they did to Peter Navarro. I, I thought we were going to just mention that momentarily. <clears throat> or we can go yeah, to the January 6th, the January 6th event. I want to be very clear. As I witnessed that occurring on television, I turned to my assistant. I said, this is total madness. This is terrible. This is wrong. Why are they breaking in? Why are they breaking windows? It didn't make sense to me. It was all wrong. But so far as I know, Logan, the instigators of that event have by and large been arrested and tried, and some of them are still in jail. So why now do they, do they spend all of this political currency on what is the equivalent of, let us say, Mueller's Russia collusion failed, the Trump witch hunt failed, and go back to the Stalinist show trials and the Salem witch hunt? What are they doing to America? Whatever they are doing doesn't seem to be selling to the average American. And what they did to ex-Trump advisor Peter Navarro is beyond my wildest imagination. Putting a man of that stature in handcuffs and leg irons while being arrested at the Nashville airport on charges of defying the House January 6th committee. Fentanyl dealers in San Francisco are not treated that way, which is why the DA was tossed out in his dirty underwear. That that son of terrorists, Chesa Boudin, he let fentanyl dealers who are largely from Honduras go because he did not want them to be arrested for selling drugs. Listen to this. Why? Because they would have been deported and he was opposed to deportation. Everyone knows what was going on in this city. And the majority of people in San Francisco who were very left wing all got together and said he's got to go. So all these left wing policies that the Biden gang think are going to propel them into office again in the midterms are completely fraudulent. They're not. It's not selling. Take a look at the gas prices. Take a look at the cost of milk, chicken, eggs, and bread. And we've only seen the beginning, Logan. Wait until October when the food crisis hits because of the uh, disruption of <clears throat> shipment of wheat and other foodstuffs coming out of Ukraine. Wait until the price of bread is $10 a loaf. And then you will see that the Stalinist show trials, the Salem witch hunt, and the Trump witch hunt that they're trying to reignite will go exactly where they belong until the ash, ash can of history. And Dr. Savage, as we were discussing with a previous guest, now Iran and Venezuela coming together to sell oil. We're still not drilling. We could be buying from Maduro and Khomeini uh, at any time at this point. So Dr. Michael well, Savage, that, thanks for being here. We appreciate your insight as always. Thanks, Logan. Great show. Keep it up. All right, thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.